This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. This is what I got to say. We're back for another episode. And the music's back, Nick. The music is back because we are servants of our community. And I think we're yelling really loud because the song is really loud. Um, or maybe it's not. Let's just dial this back because we have very expensive microphones in front of us. Yes. Um, anyway. This, com- this is our song is back. Why is the music back, Nick? Because the community, our community that we are servants to, has uh, has written in and said they want some more music. And and you start with the police. Yeah, so our first episode we recorded had no music in it. And someone said, where's the music? And then I go, oh, where's the music? And we're like, oh, we got to bring the music back. So now we brought the music back. Yeah, and I think that that's a good idea. I don't know necessarily. I, I Why why'd we pick the police today? Well, I picked the police because the song is Every Little Thing She Does. Is magic, magic. Yes. right? And the reason why our guest today it fits that perfectly, doesn't she? She is magic. Yeah, Claire Kumar is our guest today on the Authentic Entrepreneurs. And by the way, if you're new to the podcast, thanks for listening um, or watching. My name is Stu Saunders. My name is Nick Foley. And just so you know, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to, there is a video version of this always on YouTube where you can see Nick and I looking fantastic, looking wonderful. YouTube is that a new platform? It's a brand new, brand new platform. <laughs> Um, but today's guest is Claire Kumar, and Claire Kumar has uh, she has got. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bring up her actual bio because I absolutely was blown away by this interview. Um, it gives so much to our listeners. Yes, um, we are really trying to to give our listeners tangible takeaways for their business and for their life. So here we go. Oh, Claire Kumar is a productivity catalyst devoted to two things. One, to help busy professionals and entrepreneurs sustain their performance and have a meaningful, lasting impact without depleting themselves. Something I think, Nick, you'll agree that entrepreneurs struggle with. Sure. To encourage more compassionate leadership who will invite high performance, sorry, who will invite high performance from their entire team, which is such a powerful thing, too. Claire's highly sensitive personality is her superpower. It is why she honed and now shares strategies for organizations, productivity, and uh, work-life integration. It's also why she struggled to fit as a square peg in a corporate round hole and became an entrepreneur to help inspire others. Along with her productivity speaking, consulting, and coaching, she's also the co-creator of a patented clothing management system, which she gets into at the end of our interview and talked about maybe bringing that back Mm -hmm. and maybe a second interview. It was so good. It actually helps keep your uh, clothes tidy. Claire has worked, uh, has contributed to Fast Company, McLean's, Huffington Post, and many more. She's been a longtime television guest on the on many shows, including um, Social, The Social, many times, inspiring thousands of people to better manage their key resources of space, time, and energy, and above all, have fun getting things done. She's often referred to, referred to as the the Claire, sorry, as the Marie Kondo of Canada. Um, and we're pumped up that she just shares so much knowledge with yeah. us. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a great, uh, a great, fulfilling episode for every uh, every one of our entrepreneurial listeners. So listeners. This, if this is your first interview, uh, your first episode of our podcast, you picked a good one to join us because mm-hmm. um, Claire is great. Faculty at the uh, Epic Community Event coming up next May. So please enjoy our our wide ranging, very very informative, very very valuable conversation with Claire Kumar. All right, so we are so pumped today, aren't we, Nick, to have a really great guest. Um, Claire Kumar is here, and Claire, you have you are um, you've got a great story. Um, it's an interesting story. It's got many different chapters, obviously we all do, but yours has got very different chapters. 
And uh, I kind of want to go back, you know, um, we talked about it in the intro before we had you on, but I want to kind of go back to your origin story. I kind of want to go back to, uh, Claire, how did you get into what you're doing from, like, from the real honest perspective story? How do you, what's your origin story? Well, I, so I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years, specializing in helping people be more organized and more productive. And that came out of a lot of self-reflection when I was in the corporate world. Uh, I had uh, two children. And I realized the pace of the corporate world and the construct with which I, within which I had to operate wasn't leaving me with a, enough energy for family and for self and so on. So I was starting to look for what can I do that will, A, give me a lot of fulfillment, and then B, help me mesh my work and home and personal life uh, together more effectively. And so I uh, actually, I went um, to one of my mother baby group meetings and a girlfriend had actually done a course on how to become an organizer. And uh, she'd, she'd done the course and she knew me from being in this group and she said, you know what, this isn't for me, but I think this is totally for you. So I dug into it a little bit and sure enough, I mean, my, my natural interest if I was to pick up the newspaper was to read the lifestyle section and then business. And my definition of success is that you use your unique skills in service of others without depleting yourself. And so sort of with that self-reflection, I thought, I can really help people construct lives which are more fulfilling and more sustainable. And that's where, that's, you know, that's when I started to uh, begin a business which was really about uh, helping others. And uh, it's been 15 years of uh, incredible learning and uh, the, all the fulfillment I had hoped for. Were you always an organized kid? Were you, were you like one of those kids that just like, like everybody else was messy and crazy and discombobulated and it's like, no, there's Claire. Claire is organized. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm the kid. I remember probably being a tween somewhere and looking at my mom's closet and there was such a medley of colors and hangers and clothes all over the place saying, Mom, can I organize your closet? So, yeah, I was someone who, because of what I, what I have now in the last couple of years been able to put language to, which is a highly sensitive personality, it's a temperament that applies to about 15 to 20% of people. Uh, and this is based on Elaine Aaron's work, which is really uh, interesting to read. Uh, I realized that it was actually coping skills for me to be able to function in, an, in a somewhat overwhelming world by creating order. So yeah, as a child, I would have a, a tidy room. I would uh, organize my time well. I had a fabulous role model in terms of time management in my dad uh, and probably space management to some degree too. He was a surgeon. And I remember asking him, you know, um, probably as a teenager, uh, are, are we free for, for dinner next Wednesday? And out of his breast pocket would come his planner and he would check his planner before committing to, to scheduling something. And so he was, he was quite methodical in, in, with respect to time, the way he took care of things, and also uh, and his face. And I think those two things, having role models that helped me see what to do and this highly sensitive nature, which kind of just dialed down noise in my world, are, are the reasons that I kind of developed the skills. So like diving into yourself as the expert when it comes to organization, what does, like how does being better organized 
um, help your performance and productivity as an entrepreneur or business person? And like can I that? add to that beyond the obvious, just being organized is probably better. But like, mm -hmm. yeah, what's the deeper dive into that? What's the why, why is it? What's the benefit? There, there are numerous benefits, but I is it gives you a sense of calm and control, feeling like a feeling like you've got this going through your existence, rather than scrambling and feeling like. Oh, I left another opportunity. I disappointed someone. I overspent on something because I bought two of it. Or I didn't keep track of my um, accounts payable, so now I'm paying interest fees. There are a lot of practical things that fall out, but I would think the number one core benefit for humans is that we feel in a much better state navigating both our personal and professional lives. It's a real foundation piece to get right, and then it's liberating. Right. What are like and, and so taking that a step further, what are some of like uh, practical practical things that I could apply as an entrepreneur to my life like right away? Like what what do you see in your work and, and when you're when you're, you know, delineating content and stuff to your your community? Sure. You know, as an entrepreneur, what am I what are some practical steps that I can take uh, to, to continue to, you know, to, to move along the process uh, to, to be as successful as I can in the in the, in the realm that I'm in? Sure, I think one of the top ones is a basic premise of tuning in before you lean in. And by that, I mean become so self-aware of what you need to sustain your energy to be performing and contributing that you identify it and you gracefully, gracefully set and preserve boundaries around it. So for example, one quick one and often overlooked in, in our culture today is preserving sleep and having a full-on respect for rest when you need it. It's like a brain detox, right? Every night our brains cleanse. And um, if you're feeling sluggish at 2.30 in the afternoon when circadian rhythms dip down, rather than going for a bowl, a shot of caffeine or chocolate, which can work, um, allow yourself to have a rest. Uh, I'm a big proponent of hashtag no sleep shame. I want people to be able to uh, acknowledge and listen to their bodies fundamentally to, to tune into those cues. We don't want to be hangry um, making decisions. We don't want to be sleep deprived. We almost have to dial up compassion for ourselves. Imagine you're going through a, your day as an entrepreneur holding a three-year-old version of yourself's hand and say, hey, how you doing? What do you need right now to show up and not have a temper tantrum or make an emotionally based decision? Um, how can you preserve your, your thinking to make really solid decisions through your day? And it's by not disregarding some of our core functions. Um, Laura Gassner Auding the other day uh, posted a great piece about hustle um, and the hustle porn, uh, I'm not trying to be rude, but that hustle porn idea of it has to constant, 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 constantly going. And I think when you talk about organization and, and, and clarity, what, what are kind of like, what do you see in your work with entrepreneurs and in business and executives? What do you see as the kind of like the one or two real roadblocks to the ability to be organized or to you know, the reason why people pro procrastinate? Like what, what, do you, what do you see as like, is it, is it all mental? Is it all, is it, is it pressure? Is it obviously disorganization in some way, shape or form? But what do you think of the one or two big roadblocks are? Yeah, I mean, there are, Either you have an innate either interest in being organized or you've been taught it and you understand it. But I've, I've developed an organizing personality matrix, which, which looks at interest into or, organizing and um, 
propensity to organize, if you will, so that, and our tolerance for chaos. Sorry, on one one on one angle we have, or one vert index, we have this. Um, either we can tolerate a lot of chaos around us, or we can't, and that will drive motivation to do something about it. And then we have um, an, an intrinsic motivation to either do something about it or not. And that puts us in one of four quadrants with, with it, within which I fall in the highly motivated, um, inspired organizer who's, who's really going to solve a problem as soon as it comes up because I'm motivated. But you can have someone who's not inspired. They're almost wishfully thinking, oh, it would be great to be organized, but there's no motivation to get there. And so it depends where you are in that in that matrices to, to, to know what's going to pull you out of there. It could be a mindset shift. And one of the one of the things I would offer up for anybody who's like, oh, organization, productivity, stick a fork in my eye. It's not it's not for me. I and rebels against the structure of it is to really think about number one, reframing things that you have to do as acts of honor for yourself or for those you care about. That's a big fundamental one. How can you be paying your own self forward to make things easier for you to complete down the road and easier for those on your team or in your family? That's a big mindset shift piece. Um, and then it's also, um, it's important once you've done the mindset shift to, to embrace the right amount of structure for you so it doesn't feel constrictive, but it gives you that foundation for success. So that's some form of task management, some level of entering things into your calendar so you have a, a strict association between time and those things that you want to achieve. So they're not all abstract and then carried in your head because if we don't have some form of these systems that we like to interact with, that's when things can fall apart and that's when stress can really take over and we don't have anything to pull us out of that stressful state. So speaking of like the reframing, if, if I'm wanting to get into, um, I want to apply this like organization, organizing into my life, what, what, are you, what are the best, like the best ways to apply it like right away? Like in what um, areas of, of my life as a business person, as a, as a husband, as a dad, um, and where I will see the, the best results going forward uh, the, the quickest, I guess. Uh, so I, I mentioned briefly um, touching on performance, uh, an aspect of performance, which is sleep management. I think one of the, the basic things we can do is, is, and I call them productivity table stakes, is to understand what we need as human animals, respecting the science of human nature to be able to show up and perform at our best. If that, those foundational elements, which include things such as sleep, mindset, fuel, um, which includes food and hydration, exercise, our access to light, connection, our ability to hold attention, um, and comfort in our environment. All of those things, are, there are eight productivity table stakes there. Those are perhaps some low-hanging fruit that if we could address those, that might give us some leap forward uh, gains. But whenever I, had a I have a client that's reaching out to me, my, I have a 50-point assessment that I take them through to pinpoint where the trouble spots are. My homework only ever to get prepared for working with me is what's bugging you. Because whatever's bugging you is likely what's in your way. And then we can peel back from there to see if there's some underlying things. But it's starting with the, what do you feel is getting uh, And And my, one of the biggest things I do with clients is help give themselves permission to make the changes they already have an inkling about or help inform them, you know, if there's new new science and knowledge that will help um, mindset shift. 
but it's really a lot about uh, giving people, um, helping them give themselves permission to move forward in a certain way. The Authentic Entrepreneurs are brought to you by Hey, it's Stu Saunders from the Epic Community and the Authentic Entrepreneurs. I just want to jump on here real quick and let you know that this May 2020, we're running the Epic Community event again. It was such a success last year and an incredible return ratio, 100%. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what those who were there, listen to how they feel about it. My brain and my heart are so full. It has soul. And I think this is the start of something very special. It's been real. You won't be disappointed. Blown away. Absolutely flawless. Perfect. You know that you're just around like the most amazing humans. Great experience, great people, great minds, great dis discussion. One might say, this is epic. That is just a sampling of what people thought about the Epic community. So do yourself a favor. Go to theepiccommunity.com, apply to be a member, and join us this May 24th to the 27th in Toronto, Ontario. Do you, do you think everybody can be organized? Do you think everyone has, a, has that, that the organizational gene, if that's a thing? Like, people always say, I just... I think there's a continuum. Claire, I, I can't I do it. Claire, no, they say, Claire, I can't do it. Claire, I'm hopeless. I'm useless. I'm hopeless. I can't. I can't do anything. I, I, I've tried every time management system. I watched, I watched uh, what's your name, Mary Kondo, uh, Marie Kondo, sorry, and I yeah. pulled all my socks. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, ah! Like, what do you, like, is everyone, is everyone, can they do this? I think everyone can find the version of what will support them. And I believe it's very custom work because we're all wired differently to respond to things. So you can see I have this bright, bright pink wall behind me. Which I love. That color fuels me up. Which I, I love. I apologize to anyone who looks at that color and thinks, oh my gosh, turn that off. Nope. So we Don't. have to recognize, and this is why I started by saying this, lean in before you, uh, or to tune in before you lean in. Because knowing ourselves is paramount. And so if you work with any organization or productivity professional, Beyond anything, have someone who listens to you and is really concerned about understanding what motivates you, compels you, and drives you forward to be attracted to something. So, for example, if you're going to choose a paper planner to work with, let it be uh, something that is physically appealing to you. Let the pen be something you want to hold. Let the colors inspire you. I mean, one of the big tips I um, share with people is to add color to the calendar. Because a lot of the time, if you have a back-to-back -back calendar and it's all in one color, that's looking like a newspaper without columns and just a wall of text, and it's absolutely overwhelming to the brain. So you want to start adding in things to make it more fun to get things done in the way you interact with. So choosing products that are projects that you want to work in that inspire you. Surrounding yourself with people who are of the mindset that excites you. So all of this goes into then having anybody uh, be excited about what they want to do and get there in a, in a more comfortable, effortless way. You know, one, one thing I, I've learned, and I, I love your, your thoughts on this, is um, instead of doing a to-do list, why not do a do-not-do list? Is that oh, something yeah. that where, you, where you strip away things 
What, yeah. what, what's, what do you think? Stripping away or adding to? Like, is it too, what, what, what do you think of that, that idea? I, I love it. What, so I have a bit of a, a process that I recommend people do when it comes to getting tasks out of your head and captured somewhere. And one of the best things you can do is just do a mind dump download and just get everything out, whether it's Sorry, onto Claire, a computer Claire. platform or, or paper. Claire? And that, yeah. Sorry, a mind, I want to go back, mind. Dump. That's not a sophisticated oh. term. Oh, I thought you said something else. I'm sorry, I just had a mind duck. I didn't yeah, know what a mind duck yeah, was. Yeah, just, just dump everything out of your mind. And, right. You know, imagine it's a big truck and you're just unloading all those thoughts in your head. Right? So that's a first step. Then you can look at those things and you can say, what's real? What am I going to commit to? And what are just ideas I might want to save for later? It's an idea, a parking lot. So pare that down. And then what I want you to do, though, daily to have something that inspires you and gives you a feeling of fulfillment because you're actually knocking things off and feeling some momentum, is I call it a focused five. Focus and it's five. having five things on the list that you're going to do for today. And they can be a mix of personal, professional, whatever's top of mind that you need to get done today. Have those. I usually write them on an index card so it's visible and I'm not distracted by anything else. I see those five things. And boy, sometimes by 10 o'clock, I can feel like I've knocked them off. And I can move on to something from my, my task list, my overall task list, ignoring the idea parking lot, which is taking some of those not-to-do things off, and then making sure I'm either um, putting them on my daily focus five or I'm putting them in my calendar so then I have a reminder to cut, to attend to those things which is um, associated in time. And then I feel much calmer uh, because I'm not carrying all that and wondering, have I missed something? Does that, does that answer the question? Yeah, no, that's great. Great insights. I love all that stuff. So in your work, uh, what, are you, what are you seeing as some of the biggest differences from like when you started out in this journey about 15 years ago to what you're seeing now when it comes to entrepreneurs? Is there, is there a lot of uh, difference or, or are you seeing some of the same similarities or the same trends? Or There is a difference uh, and it's somewhat liberating and somewhat challenging. I mean, if I look at our office environments and the increasing co-working um, that's going on, um, there and the way technology and the use of the smartphone. I mean, 15 years ago, people still had flip phones, uh, and smartphones were just emerging. In, and and so now the smartphone is the phone of choice. Um, there are a few people with with flip phones that are just hanging on to not having so much at their at their fingertips to distract them and and pull them away. And I think one of the biggest challenges we face is using our technology in a way that serves us rather than distracts us. So that would be probably the most paramount thing, plus the organizational environments that we work in. If we're going to be in a, um, an open concept, for example, if you're one of the 15 to 20% highly sensitive people like me, probably not um, a healthy environment for, for me anyway. Uh, anybody with ADHD that's looking to try and focus, anybody with concussion or anxiety issues, there's a lot of um, a lot of challenges in our environment and the const the physical construct and also uh, the cultural expectation to be immediately responsive. We sort of take an open door to mean 24/7 accessibility, and uh, I I would offer two suggestions. That one is 
notifications off for anything you will remember to check on your own. So I guarantee you, no one is forgetting they have email. So you probably don't need a notification going, new message for you, right? We get a little dopamine hit. Our brain says, oh, something novel. It could be like a Christmas present. It could be a, it could be a new exciting gift, but likely it's not. And likely we don't have to attend to it immediately. So unless there's an emergency situation, notifications off for anything you're going to check on your own without being reminded to do so. That will let your cortisol simmer down, your body will be in a more calm state, and you will be able to stay focused on that which you've already decided is important to you from that task list and from your calendar, which is really your roadmap. Your calendar is your daily roadmap for what you want to give your attention to. Love it. That's number, yeah, so calendar and, and notifications. Yeah. Um, is there a, what are you seeing right now as the biggest time wasters? Oh, definitely the scroll. Definitely the scroll when, you, when you're scrolling and you think, why am I still scrolling? Because it's easy and because there's something new and our brains love that. I mean, they're geniuses. This is, there's a, there was a whole article in the paper last year just about, I think some of the inventors are thinking, oh my gosh, we created, we created something that we're actually not very happy with in terms of how it's affecting humanity. So we need to have deliberate, and me included, deliberate, boundaries around how we're going to engage. So if you start the day with your um, start scrolling and starts checking all the incoming things rather than checking your calendar first and getting really clear on what you had already committed to before you start engaging, you can be off the rails um, immediately. So uh, one thing I've done personally is I like to uh, check my LinkedIn feed. There's a daily rundown that's a news bulletin. There's a New York Times news bulletin. I like um, written news rather than the visuals that come through television, which tend to be disturbing. So I take my news and I check a few social media sites and I give myself 10 minutes to do that in the morning and then I cut it off because I found that 10 minutes could easily evolve into 45. And then was that really how I wanted to spend my time? No. I need to be really deliberate and intentional about that with which I engage. Oh, yeah. Sean Parker, actually co-founder of Facebook, said that uh, they actually were developing ways back how, how to create a more addictive platform that you could not get away from. And some people are saying it's as addictive as cocaine, which is kind of a scary thought. Well, you can see the behaviors, and we talk about it often with kids. But it's, it's absolutely age and gender independent. Yeah. Everybody needs to be aware and intentional about how they want to use the technology. And then it's fantastic. Yeah. But without that, it can really become addictive and uh, sabotage your, your ability to get deep work done, if I would um, use Cal Newport's term. And his, you know, that, that terminology about getting deep thinking and a sustained attention on a task so that you can actually get to a complexity of thought that you wouldn't. And it's great that you bring up um, Facebook because we, uh, one of the examples I give in my talks often is about a, a scene in the social network where um, there's a couple of people coding intensely. And this was a conversation between, I forget the name of the gentleman who was really done out of the deal. And right. he stormed in and they said, don't. Don't interrupt. Basically, he's hardwired now. He's coding. Don't interrupt him. And this is this is uh, you know you need to be respectful. And especially as leaders of teams, I would urge you to be really respectful around culture.
people to preserve their focus time. And, and once you do that, that trickles down because that person's focus time all of a sudden could be everybody's focus time. And then you have periods of engagement where now there's a buzz in the office and people are engaging and collaborating, which is what you want for sure. But you don't want the collaboration and the social socialization to be at the expense of all this great deep thinking that we need to do. Yeah, I've recently tried to do 90-minute work blocks uh, and take my I take my phone out of the room, out of my office, so it's not even in my office for those 90 minutes. Then I get up, I stretch my leg, check my emergencies, which often, as you say, are not emergencies. Um, and uh, yeah, so Claire, this is awesome. There's so much, so much here to unpack. I think our listeners have gained so much from this. It's time for five big questions with Nick and Stu. Yeah, so the four big questions I'm going to ask two, Stu will ask two, and then we'll have like a random one that we talked about at the top of the program off air. And uh, yeah, just to kind of get some insight to, um, you know, to our listeners, uh, the things that are influencing you and things like that. So with that in mind, um, I'll, I'll start. And, and so my first question, uh, Claire, is what are you learning at the moment or reading at the moment that is uh, leaving an impact on you? Oh, so I'm writing and researching at the same time a book on my whole model for productivity. And I probably, I don't know how many books I have on the go really right now, but I'm just about to finish one called The Job. And it's really looking at the construct of work uh, in today's culture and what does that look like? What does that look like if you're looking to join the workforce? And uh, I'm finding that a fascinating read. That's Ellen Ruppel uh, Shell who, who wrote that. And I'm almost at the end of that one. And I have the alter ego effect by Todd Herman up on deck because I think for my personal growth as an entrepreneur, this is really interesting. Uh, and, I, and one of my all-time favorite creatives, musicians, and entrepreneurs is David Bowie, and I think he was the king of alter egos. So, so I'm really excited to read that. Uh, I also have the brain, your brain at work, um, by David Rock, and I'm really excited to to dig into that because the neuroscience around productivity. I think when we understand almost how to manage our neuro, neurotransmitters. It sounds, it's so nerdy. I know my Bachelor of Science finally starts to make sense, but this is, I think when we understand that, and if, if there's a way I can make that more friendly in terms of how we talk about it and how we understand it, if we can get to that place, then we can manage our performance in such a better way. So I'm, I'm, I'm really keen on unlocking that for people. Awesome. Right. We're excited that Todd Herman's going to join us at Epic this year. Um, and actually going to do some work with everybody, like uh, actual work with them to help them work on their alter ego. Second question, here we go. Quick off the top, here we go. Your answer to who is one of your biggest influences or influencers that uh, has helped you on your journey? Whoa, there's so many people that I reach out to and draw on and listen to, but I, I'm going to go back to a very personal one. And I mentioned my dad um, early on in terms of someone who role modeled organizing uh, practices, time management, space management, that kind of thing. He also role modeled something else for me, which um, was a little bit tragic. He, um, he had double bypass surgery at 49 and recovered from that. He was like, okay, I'm not that tall. He was 118 pounds, five foot two. So a, a really little guy came through that, which was great. And within um, about six months of recovering um, from that was diagnosed with leukemia and battled that for 18 months. And unfortunately, during that 18 months, I had some wonderful time with him, uh, which was a gift, um, but I lost him. And that 
sort of framed my big philosophy around life and around why I was motivated to move into this as a profession, if you will, as a calling, is that I don't, I believe you have to live every day as if tomorrow might not show up. And I want, I want everyone to be really proud of the choices that they've made every day rather than thinking, oh, when I retire, I'm going to do this. When this happens, I'm going to be that person. And, and so my big motivation is to really construct and help people construct a life that they're, they're so proud of the choices that they've made. And so my dad is the biggest influence on what I'm doing with my life today. Great. Wow. Uh, what is what is a failure that failure that you've had in your life, Claire, that you've turned into like a positive positive impact? Well, I I like to frame failures as learning, so they always have some positive benefit. It's like you're, you're learning what to do, or you're learning sometimes in a very difficult way what not to do. And an early one would be in in my career was um, I had gone traveling around the world for eleven months backpacking, which was fabulous. I was 26 years old. And I came back to Toronto in October, which was the start of the dark half of the year. And then I took a job in finance, which is was new to me, not my forte, doing some accounting reporting, sales reporting stuff for a company that was absolutely uh, hitting the wall about to take a nosedive. So I learned through that year, um, I, I don't want to work in finance probably ever again. I don't want to be in an environment uh, where the energy and momentum is, it's like people are bailing on a, on a sinking ship. I don't want to work for someone who looks at his whole team and says, it's not my job to inspire you. Uh, so I learned, I learned a lot of things that I will never want to repeat. And in the process, I still met interesting people and I moved into one of my best jobs ever, jobs ever. So I figure everything brings you to where you are. Sometimes it's teaching you what to do and sometimes it's teaching you what not to do. Yeah, great. All right, next question, number four, our final question before we go to the random question generator. Uh, we have a very big computer here that uh, randomly picks someone to ask a question for you. Uh, what is one thing you would tell any entrepreneur, manager, executive, just starting out in their career, um, as a good advice, uh, and I mean really brief, I mean like a, a nugget they could remember, um, you know, a text message, you know, a, a tweet, an old school tweet, 144 characters. Uh, start as you mean to continue. Start. Say that again. Start as you mean to continue. Start as you mean to continue. That's, uh, that's a goal. Is that your nugget? Pardon me? Is that yours? Like, I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, but I think so. I don't know if. I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody said it's not that many words, but it, that's the, the tune in before you lean in, right? So there's yeah. a lot of people who will start a job and think, oh my gosh, I have to work really hard. I have to, I have to compromise on my boundaries because I need to show everybody I can, I can really deliver and I'm going to compromise everything to, to be that person. But don't do that. Can start as you mean to continue. Know what you need. Preserve those boundaries. Don't give it all up at the beginning because it's really, really hard to recover from. Start as you need to continue, and then you will be sustainably productive, generous, and fulfilled. Love it. That's, that's a great insight. Yeah, it's about being consistent, right? So it's being consistent in what you can and should deliver. 
Um, yeah. All right, so we'll just uh, fire up. Mikey's going to fire up the uh, random question generator, which picks one of the three of us. Mikey, also our producer, may ask you a question. That's usually about pop culture or movies, so I don't know if that's going to oh, help you at all. Wow. <laughs> um, but we're just going along here, and it's firing up. And the Oh, it's me today. Let's hear it. It's me. I, I am the random question generator. And today's random question is, what is your most embarrassing moment as a speaker or as a human or whatever? What's your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> oh, oh, that gosh. you can share that wouldn't get you in trouble. And don't forget, we're a family friendly, friendly show. We're not really, but we try to be. No, I'm sifting through all my embarrassing moments, two oh, of which gosh. I wrote on my blog about because I realized that these are the moments that make you human and, and uh, um, that people can relate to. I think, okay, I'm going to give you one story um, because this is really silly. Um, it was a Friday evening and um, I was at a client all day and I had a tennis clinic in the evening and I, I lived three minutes walk from the tennis facility and I would always walk over. But this night I was so exhausted, I thought I want those three minutes to put my feet up and just regroup before I go over to the court. So I did that, go over to the court, fabulous two-hour clinic, played with the pro, it was it was fabulous, and then walked home like every other time. In the morning, I get up and I look out the window. Oh my God, my car's missing. My car's missing. I put it out on Twitter. I call my insurance company. I change oh, the no. locks. I call a car dealer because I figure no. this is the moment I'm going to go get my new Lexus, right? <laughs> this is, this, I mean, I went, I changed the, the, everything. And then Sunday, there was another tennis clinic in the afternoon. No. Walk over to the courts. Oh, my God. Somebody went for a joyride and left my car in the parking lot. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even clue in when I saw my car. That's great. Until I got down to the court and I realized... Oh, my keys are in my bag. Like, <laughs> and so my son revels in this. The organizer lost her car. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's not like losing. That's not like losing your keys to your car. You lost your car. Yeah. I lost my. And then I went all public about it. And then I just and I rented a car. I mean, I committed to the loss of this car full force. I love. It. Did you go public to uh, say, "Hey, just kidding about that on Friday"? Like, how did you? As he should, Claire. Um, you know, it's funny you should say that. I just want to wrap up with one quick thought. Um, you said, you know, you wanted it, you put that out there because you wanted to remind people, like, the organizer also makes mistakes too. Um, but, you know, I, I recently have kind of landed on this piece, which I'm writing a book about. Um, I put it out there in the world, and now you know. Um, I haven't told anybody that except for Nick. Um, but I'm writing a book about it called The 98%, or B98, so it's called 98%, what the book is called. And the, the kind of the, 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 the backstory of that is, 
you know, as you're growing up, parents and adults tell you, you know, like, it's okay to make mistakes. You're only human. Like, it's part of being human. Yeah. And then you get involved in leadership and entrepreneurship and high performance. And everyone says, you must work 100% of the time, always be committed 100% of the time. And there's a disconnect there. And I think 98% is kind of a, a visual um, reminder that we make mistakes. But if, you're, if, you're, if you do your best 98% of the time to be the best you can be and focus as you can be, that 2% of humanity is, is where I think lies a lot of mental health stuff. You know, like that, you know, I think allowing you to be 2% imperfect, and that number is just a number, but, you know, it could be more than that. But the point is that, you know, you, no one's 100% all the time. And I think that's a myth that we put upon the world and young people and everybody else in entrepreneurship that, you know, it's all the time, the hustle porn, um, you do need to work. You know, it's not microwavable leadership or microwavable entrepreneurship or microwavable parenting. It's not that quick, but it, it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just, I just came. I, I told you I was going to take my car in for service this morning and then come to this appointment. Nope. My daughter called. She was feeling not very well. I had to get off a bus. I had to go and pick her up from the side of the road because anxiety got the better of her. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so we're having conversations about it's what can you let go of? How can we manage all of these things? Because if we don't, then, then we can get in the way of ourselves. And so building those toolkits and that fundamental belief that, yeah, we're going to make mistakes is, is, a, is a huge key. I love, I love the concept of your book. That's fabulous. Yeah, I, I, I think 98% is real. I've really been jazzed by that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, Claire, where can people get a hold of you? What's, um, oh, before we get to that, actually, before we get to that, you're coming to Epic. Yes, I am. May 2020 in uh, the GTA, the Toronto, just north of Toronto, an amazing place called the Kingbridge. Um, and we're so pumped to have you. What are you going to share with our Epic community for those who are coming or interested in coming? What are you going to share with the Epic community? What are they going to walk away from? There's two, there's two big messages. One are the personal strategies for sustainable performance. And the second one is about stepping into compassion of the leader so you can invite the best from every member of your team. I don't want people left behind um, because they're not understood. So that, those are my big messages that I'm uh, really excited to share with everyone. I can't wait to hear you at Epic. I can't wait for you to be part of our community because, as you know, the speakers stick around and really interact with all of us. It's a small group, you know, it's a tiny little group of people, but but they're all amazing human beings. They're very influential, awesome human beings. And I've learned so much just from these interviews. Yeah. So thanks so thanks so much, Claire. We're looking forward to, to having you there and I'm looking forward to meeting you at a personal, more personal level. So where can we find you as we wrap things up here? Where do we, uh, where can we find you on, on social media and such? Where can our listeners find you? So clairekumar.com is the website. And Claire is with no third eye. So <laughs> I sometimes spell that because people autopilot an eye into Claire. And Claire, no third eye, and Kumar is in Harold and Kumar. All so right, perfect. people usually get that. And then on um, Twitter and Facebook, I'm at Streamlife. So Streamlife is my actual corporate name, and it's all about streamlining your life and getting into that state of flow. Perfect name. So Streamlife and Claire Kumar, if you Google either one of those, you'll find me. Great. Excellent. Claire, yeah, on behalf of Nick and I, this has been a real pleasure. A Likewise. real pleasure. Thank and, you so much. And, uh, you know, I think you got Mary, Mary Kondo's got nothing on you. What, what's your sock drawer look like? Pretty organized? Pardon? Is your sock drawer pretty organized? Oh, yeah. Oh, because yeah. I could, do, I could give you a tour. Um, my, there are certain things for me that have to work, and clothing for me has to always be working. I've got, I've got the 
best looking closet because the product that I brought to market, it keeps full clothes tidy. It, it keeps them 100% neat. They never mess up. Marie Kondo actually was bringing up boxes because she realized people couldn't keep her, their clothes that way. And I know this because I taught her way of folding before she showed up. And, yeah. and it's really good. But it's not sustainable without without my product, which I need to get back to market. So you do because <laughs> obviously um, what you talk about in organization and what Mary Kondo talks about in organization um, is obviously resonates with a with a lot of people because that show was a massive hit for Netflix. Yeah, um, like massive, like one of their biggest shows uh, of the year. So it obviously people want to know more. They want to connect with that type of I, that story that those those lessons. Yeah, I'm happy to go deeper into that too because I've got models around that organizing personality matrix. If you want to go in that direction, I'm happy to I'm happy to share all that. And I've got models for thinking about how we actually arrange things so that systems stay working. So whichever way you want to go, I'm I'm I'm. You know I'm what? Happy. I tell you what. I tell you what. It does sound like a second episode of yeah exactly uh, of our show with you. Um, Anytime. Yeah, you can be a, you can be a friend of the podcast. That's yep. what we call those people who come back more than once. Um, I'd love to. Love thank it. you so much, Claire. It's been a real pleasure hanging out with you and chatting with you and learning and learning from you. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks, Claire. My pleasure, guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye. All right, Nick. I think you'll agree that uh, that was it was it was a fantastic episode that brought in uh, amazing knowledge yeah I think uh, you might even say it was epic it epic. was an epic uh, it was an epic epic episode it was yeah I, I would actually I would actually say I'm more pumped up right now for epic because we all struggle as entrepreneurs with with being organized right with being yeah. with having overwhelm um, and I you know I literally went through about two months in my life with completely recently this past thing mm -hmm. like, through like June July and August I was like suffering from overwhelm yeah and and not knowing how to organize my life, uh, organize my business, make my family, my work, my everything all kind of balance as best as I possibly could, that work-life balance, which is obviously, I think, a kind of a ridiculous uh, thing, but um, but try my best to at least to, to do that. And I, I loved um, Claire's, you know, my takeaway, there were so many takeaways, but I love when Claire talked a lot about, um, about really, you know, honing in and getting rid of distractions. Yeah. You know, I think that was really, really important. And I'm I'm trying really hard. I talked about Greg Wells and I had a, a great a great meetup, and we were talking about you know like having that. I, I do a 90 minute work uh, cycle. I get rid of my phone. I put it in another room. I, I think Claire really touched on that. I'm I'm really broad stroking it, but she touched on it very well in her interview. What was yeah. your takeaway? Well, she said something really profound. She said many things that were really profound. Oh, like, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, one of the things that I really I really uh, really liked, and I think we both both kind of wrote out, took a note to, was start as you mean to continue. Yeah. And, and what that means is tune in and define uh, before you lean in. Yeah. And, and I, I really, I really, really thought that that was a really great statement because so often we like, you know, bite off a lot and we're just like, okay, I will be all things to all people in, in order to, you know, to do a good job for my community or people I want to serve. But the reality of it is, is that we need to tune into who we are mm -hmm. and define um, what we are and what we're about before we lean into what we're about to accomplish and what we're about yeah. to do. So, you and I both know people who go into things gun blazing, yeah. guns blazing, sorry, yeah, and uh, they go into this like level 11, 11, 12, yeah. you know, out of 10. And then that's not sustainable. No, absolutely not. Um, and I think that goes back to my yeah. my microwavable leadership, right? Yeah. Like it's it's the long yeah. drawn the long out. Road. Like it's long it's long road. Yeah. It's long game. Laying down the foundation. But you know, yeah, Claire gives us a, 
a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of knowledge on on the importance of productivity and how you can be organized and how being organized makes you uh, more productive and a, a better performer. And I think that's going to really serve our community well when it comes to how you can be a better performer as an entrepreneur and uh, a human being, really. Yeah, and and I think that um, you know as I, as I shared with her. Um, Every entrepreneur struggles. Yeah, no question. With this type of stuff, and uh, I'm excited for her to be at the Epic Community this May and share. Actually, she said she said she said she's going to actually give us like something to work through yep. and and figure stuff out, which I love rather than have a talking head yep. tell you how to do it. Like she's going to help us work through stuff. So that's going to be great. I'm pretty pumped up. For great that. episode. Yeah, this is great. What a great season so far. Yeah, we've had some yeah. really powerhouse people, and I'm happy to um, be a part of it. Yeah, so uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, like and share on our, wherever you listen to podcasts, or we're also on YouTube. You can listen to that too, all 10 of you who watch us on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and next week on the podcast, we have the wonderful, amazing man himself, Mr. Mark Bowden. Mark Bowden. I didn't yeah. know who we had. We no, had Mark, Mark Bowden. Bowden. Uh, yes. He's coming up, and uh, we're looking forward to that. He is an expert in uh, body language, communication, um, and I can't wait to hear what Mark's going to share with us. So don't forget, subscribe, share um, with people who might like this stuff, and let's all be on this entrepreneurship journey together. Uh, and uh, we're here to help. Always drop us a line, too, if you want to. Yeah, we're, uh, we're happy to. We love responding to people. We know that we have some listeners in, uh, in business classes, too, in the high school level. And college. Uh, and college level. And yeah. uh, they, they, they write in from time to time. So we want to hear from you. Uh, we love hearing your questions. We will do episodes uh, in the future, not too distant future, I'm sure, about the questions that you have for us. And, we, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. But, yeah, we've, we're off to, a, off to a fun start here. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, Stu. Until next time, keep being authentic. We do that so well. I know. Thank you for listening to The Authentic Entrepreneurs. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, keep being authentic.